This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I have what it says I can have. I am about to be taught the life-changing word of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And after I hear and believe, I can fully expect to see the results of the word in my life. I declare that every time I hear the word, I am changed. Today is my day of change. Amen. You can be seated. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every family that's represented here. And Lord, we thank you most of all for Jesus. Because of Jesus, we have the ability to live free. Lord, we thank you for the precious word that you've given us that when we hear it, we can be transformed by it. And we declare that we have hearts that are ready to hear, that we're not just coming to memorize scripture, but we want to hear so that we can do and see your results. Lord, we thank you in advance for the transformation that's taking place in our life, God. We thank you for the favor. We thank you for the blessings. We thank you for the provision. We thank you for your divine protection over our lives, God. And we just so appreciate everything you've done, the things you know about and the ways, the things we know about and the ways you've kept us out of danger that we don't even understand that you've kept us out of danger. We just come with a thankful heart this morning, just thanking you for being God, for being our God, thanking you for the revelation that Jesus is Lord, and thank you that anytime we hear the word, we can be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You have to have an expectation to be changed by the word. Because if you don't have an expectation to be changed by the word, you won't be changed by the word. You have to have an expectation that God wants to do something in your life. Otherwise, you'll live your life beneath the very promises that God has for you. Last week, we began to talk about blessing and favor and the connection between blessings and favor. Amen? And so we're going to review that a little bit, and we're going to go a little bit deeper in it. God wants you blessed. It's the will of God for you to live a blessed life. Amen? Let's see. Let's see. I, got, I believe my fast class is in here this morning. What does it mean to be blessed? empowered to prosper. So God wants you to live a life that is empowered to prosper. Amen. We're going to start with 1 Peter 2 and 9. 1 Peter 2 and 9. I really want to challenge you during the week. Guys, these messages that we're teaching here, you can listen to them for free on the church's website. You don't have to pay for them. We encourage you to take the time to listen to the word so you can get the word in your heart. You know, you think about it. When you hear a song the first time, you may like that song, but you don't know all the words to that song because you listened to it the first time. And there's sometimes there are songs you've been listening to for years and you still don't know what they say. You don't want to be people who are listening to the word, but you still don't know what the word says and how it impacts your life. And so we encourage you to take the time, even if it's just one scripture that you get in a message that stands out to you, we encourage you to take that one scripture, look it up in different translations, pray over it, ask God to give you understanding of it so that you can live in victory, right? Because we talk about how we believe the word is supposed to inspire us, but it should also inspire us to act so that we can can be transformed. Amen? Amen. So let's look at 1 Peter 2 and 9. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen? And so we talked about last week how the word peculiar, it didn't mean weird. Tell your neighbor, say, God is not calling you 
to be weird. God's not really into weird, okay? What God is calling you is to be peculiar. Well, what does the word peculiar mean? It means to be distinctively different. It means to be unique and to be special. So God has called you to live a distinctively different life so that what happens when we live distinctively different, we, should, we, will, we will praise him and the world will see that we have been called out of darkness into his life and it will cause other people to praise him. See, God wants you to have a good marriage because he loves you. But God also wants you to have a good marriage because he knows that your good marriage will inspire somebody else to have a good marriage. And God wants you to have a good relationship with your kids because you need a good relationship with your kids. But he wants other people to see that there is possible to have a good relationship with your kids. And God wants you to live free from financial stress because he loves you and he doesn't want you stressed out financially. But he also wants your freedom from financial stress to be a testimony to someone else that they don't have to live that way. So everything that God wants to do in your life, it is for you and it is to impact those who might not know what he is willing to do in their lives. Amen. And so make this confession. Say, I am distinctively different. I am unique. And I am peculiar. And it is the will of God for me to live a special lifestyle so that others will know how good he is. Amen. Amen. This is so important because God wants us to live a blessed life. God wants us to live blessed. He doesn't want you to live a stressed out lifestyle. He wants you to cast your care on him and to live in victory and to have every area of your life prosper. And so it's important to get this in your heart because in this life we will have trouble. Tell your neighbor, say, we're going to have some trouble sometime. And if you don't know that that's not your will, God's will for you to live in that place, you will build a life in trouble, something that was only supposed to be temporary. Yes, we have challenges, but we're not supposed to live challenged. Our whole life should not be challenges. Our life should be overcoming those challenges. And when we know that God has called us to live that way, we can live in victory. Amen. Our next scripture this morning is 2 Peter 1 and 3. 2 Peter 1 and 3. So important for us to get this because God has so much he desires to do in our life. I want to tell you that I don't care how bad your life is right now, that God wants to improve it. And I want you to know that I don't care how good your life is, God wants to do more. You are not tapped out on the goodness of God. Amen? That's important to realize. We are not tapped out on the goodness of God. It says, according to his divine power, he has given us all things. How many things? How many? All things that pertain to what? And what? So God has given us everything we need in order to live holy and righteous. And he's given us everything we need to live in this natural world. Amen? Make this confession. Say God has a solution for every problem. Say in fact, God has solutions before I had problems. Amen? Now, I want you to get that in your heart, that God has your solution before you have the problem. The problem may not show up for you till Monday, but God already knew what he was going to do because God would not allow you to have a problem that he had not already created a solution for. Amen? 
that will shift your life. It will shift you from being a person who's always looking at your problems to being a person who's looking at the God of your solutions. Amen? It says, through the knowledge of him, he's given us all things through the knowledge of him that has called us from glory to virtue. So he says, the solutions are found in knowing who our God is. Our solutions are found in knowing who our God is, knowing that he's our provider, knowing that he's our protector, knowing that he is our wisdom, knowing that everything we need, he has already provided. Say, God has already provided everything that I need. Now, I want to challenge you a little bit around this word need because many of us grew up in families where the word need means bare minimum. But if you study out the scripture, the word need doesn't mean bare minimum. It means that everything it would take for you to live the life that God has called you to live. Say law. Like God is not into you need $20 giving you $20. God is into exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. So if you're living a bare minimum lifestyle, it's because you haven't fully embraced who you are in God and who your God is. Amen? Let's go ahead and go to Ephesians 3.20. I didn't tell you guys that, but if you can insert that in here because I want you to see this. I want you to see this. I was thinking about this the other day, um, how people get so aggravated by this thing called the prosperity gospel. Well, have you ever looked up the word prosperous? It just means to succeed. Who would believe in a gospel that isn't about you succeeding unless you don't know that the word gospel means good news? The word gospel means good news. God has not called you into the kingdom to live as raggedy as you can to go to heaven and then fall out because it's new stuff and you've never seen new stuff. God has not called you to live in a life that's full of turmoil and so the first time you know peace is when you go to heaven. That is not his will for your life. So it says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Somebody tell me what's this power that worketh in us that he's talking about. Nobody knows. All right. And, and what works by faith? Because everything in the kingdom is received how? By faith. The Bible says that faith worketh by love, so you need to know love, but you also need to walk by faith. How many of you know that you can love somebody but not have trust in them? Some of you brought some people in your family right now. You love them, but you don't trust them. So it's not just enough to love God. You have to know that God loves you enough that he has provided for everything that you need. And then you have to know what that provision includes. Because when you're walking by faith, you don't have the right to ask God for what he hasn't committed to do. You don't have the right to ask God for what he hasn't committed to do. Now, there are some basic things that belong to everybody. It's his will that everybody's saved. It's his will that everybody has a sound mind. It's his will that everybody is healthy. It's a will that everybody is prosperous. It's a will that everybody has love. But what you don't get the right to do is ask for somebody else's spouse. What you don't get to do is ask for somebody else's job. So sometimes maybe you're frustrated and you feel like your faith isn't working because you haven't sat down to ask God what he desires to do in your life in this season. And you're asking for things that are not set for you. But there are some things with your name on them. There are some things, say, there are some things with my name on them. 
There are some things with my name on them, and it would be better spent for us to find out what God wants to do in our life and then ask him to do that in our life and then stand in faith and believe we receive that. Amen? Amen. So God wants to do exceeding abundantly. Those are two big words. You should look them up. What it basically means is this. It means that if you took every single dream that you have, the biggest dreams, the most money, the most peace, the most success, the most spiritual growth, and you put them all on a vision board, when you got through, God would trump that. It says that God wants to do exceeding abundantly above. All that you could ask or think. How many of you got some big things that you're thinking about? Tell your neighbor, say, God wants to do more. And if you don't get that in your heart, you will spend your life living limited because you think that because somebody else doesn't have, you're not supposed to have. But somebody else's lack has nothing to do with what God desires to do for you because God has enough for everybody. Amen? A great example of that is the prodigal son. You see that in the prodigal son, one son goes to his father. He asks for his inheritance. He says, I want my money. I don't want to wait till you die. I want my stuff now. He takes it. He goes and he kicks it. Some of you know what that's like. Get some money. What you do is you kick it. You blow it. He ends up in a foreign land, and in this foreign land, he has gotten so destitute that he is staying in a pig pen feeding the pigs. Now, you got to understand the significance of this because most of you still eat pork. But in Jewish days, Jews don't touch pork. They don't touch pigs. And so in, as he's feeding these pigs, he comes back to himself. And he says, if I get up and go to my father's house, even my servants, my father's servants live better than what I'm living. So he goes home to his father's house. And you know how sometimes when you're in trouble and you think you're going to get in more trouble when you come back. But interestingly, his father runs out to meet him and says, I am so glad that you come back. And he wants to put a robe on him. He says, draw this boy a bath. He puts a ring on him and says, this is the family that he's in. Everybody talks about him. But let's talk about the son his, who had stayed there the whole time and done the right thing. He had stayed there the whole time and he did the right thing. And when he found out his brother was home getting a party he got mad how you go give him a party when I've been here all the time and the father said something interesting to him he said everything I had was yours you could have had a party anytime you wanted to that's why you don't have to be jealous about somebody else's increase because you can increase anytime you want to you are already in the house Somebody else getting a promotion is just proof that there's a promotion for you. Somebody else getting a new house is just proof that there's a new house for you. Somebody else finding love is just proof that there is love for you. Somebody else's well-behaved kids is just proof that there are well-behaved kids for you. Because you're already in the house. There's no reason to be jealous of what somebody else got because there are blessings with your name on them. Amen. But you can't get mad at other people because they refuse to be contained by society's limits and they maximize everything that God says that, that belongs to them and you choose to sit. Say, I can have everything that God says I can have. I can have everything that God says I can have. And I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable. That's between you and the Lord. But you'll be crazy not to have a good marriage because your friend's marriage messed up. 
And you be crazy to work at a job that you don't love because everybody else in your family has worked for 20 years at a place they don't love. What that got to do with you? So it's important for us to realize that God has already prepared a good life for us. Amen? Let's go to John 10 and 10. It's not there either, guys. I'm sorry. Then we'll get back online. Are you guys understanding what we're saying this morning? God wants you to live a blessed life. God wants you to live a blessed life. And, and the thing that troubles me is that so many times, you know, people are like, well, God doesn't want you to have all of this. Well, how many of you are in, you in here are parents? If you're a parent, raise your hand. Do you not want the absolute best for your kids? Have you not ever put yourself at a disadvantage to give your kids the absolute best? So how could you ever believe that God, who is the best father of all, wants you to live second class when you want your kids to live first class? It doesn't even make sense that you would want your kids to live better than God wants his kids to live. Amen. It says the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that they, and, but I am come that they might have what? And have it how? More abundantly. In the Amplified it says to the full till it overflows. God wants you to live an overflowing lifestyle. Make that confession. Say God wants me to live an overflowing lifestyle. Now, I'm not just talking about money, but I am just talking about money. But before we talk about money, I want to talk about this. If you just have a bare minimum of peace, you can't help nobody who's stressed out. Let me tell y'all about yourselves, because this is what you do. Somebody call you and they have a problem, but you don't live in overflowing peace. And by the time you get to talking to them, they feel better, but you feel worse. Because you don't live in overflowing peace. Because you only had a bare minimum of peace and you gave out the allotment of peace you had today. And so now they feel better and you feel worse. That's not how God has called you to live. God has called you to live with so much peace that you can give peace away and still have peace. Amen? God, we need to help the poor. But you know it's hard to help the poor if you are the poor? I'm going to say that again. Do you know it's hard to help the poor if you are the poor? If you barely, you the poor. We talked about that. If you barely, you the poor. If you can't pay their electric bill without, keep, without getting your electric bill paid, then you're not in a position to help anybody. So God wants you to have overflow in your money when God, so when God asks you to be a blessing, being a blessing doesn't stress you out. Amen? So the Bible says the thief comes back but for not to steal, to kill, and destroy. One of the ways that he steals is through your mindset. He makes you feel guilty. He makes you feel like you don't have the right to have everything that God has said is already given to you. He either uses your past, but be clear, God is not moved by your past. Let me help you. When Jesus went to the cross, all your sins were future. All your sins were future. Jesus didn't go to the cross in 2013. He went to the cross, all your sins were future. He had the ability to look out and see, even after you got saved, all the stuff that you would do. And to still cover them all and to save you from everything. Say, I've already been saved from all my sin. Why does that help you? Because when you make a mistake, the enemy will try to torment you in your mind and make you think you don't qualify for what God has to give you. So you need to understand that all your sin was future to begin with. 
The Bible says God saw the end from the beginning. He already knew that you would do that. He knew you had the potential to do that, and he still set up favor and blessing for your life. Say, I am favored, and I am blessed. So the enemy uses your mindset, and then he uses other people in order to steal this life that God wants you to have. He uses your mindset. He uses your limited thinking. He uses your condemnation. He uses your inadequacies, your low self-esteem. He uses that to steal from you. That's why we always talk about Romans 12 and 2 here. You got to be renewed by your words. You got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to let the word rewrite the script. You have to let the word rewrite the script. Tell your neighbor, say, let the word... Rewrite the script. Let's now we're back on track, Caleb. Let's go to Romans 8 and 32. Say, I am blessed and I am favored. And see, when this begins to really get in your heart, the word will excite you. Because you will see that when you are facing a problem or a challenge or lack or insufficiency, that there is a word that has your solution. So it says, it says, he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us what? So, wait a minute. So what is it saying to us here? It says that if God put Jesus on the cross to save you, why do you think God is tripping about you getting a new job? Why is God tripping about you getting a new house? I mean, those of us who are parents, when you give all your stuff away for you, put your kid on the cross? I wouldn't even put one of my kids on the cross for the other one. So God thought so much of you and I that he puts his son on the cross to give us God right standing with God. So how could you believe that God would care about your eternity but not your present? How can God care about what happens to you after you die but not care about what you're going through right now? Say God cares about every area of my life. God knows so much about you and cares so deeply about you that he knows when hair 132 falls out. The one that comes out of follicle 132, he knows when that one hits the ground. How could you believe that God doesn't care about every area of your life because of this thinking that you have been taught by the enemy through religion, through people, through the world that contradicts what God says that allows you to live contained when God is trying to set you free. Amen. Amen. God wants us to live a distinctively different life. He wants us to live first class. He wants us to live an upgraded lifestyle. God wants to upgrade your peace. He wants to upgrade your wisdom. He wants to upgrade your knowledge. And he wants to upgrade every area of your life. God wants to upgrade your marriage. I don't care how good your marriage is. God wants to make it better. God wants to upgrade your life. Say, God wants to upgrade my life. He's already blessed and favored us. God is already, but you're not working for the blessing. You're not trying to convince God to be good to you. It was God's idea to be good to you. It's only in the word because God wanted you to know that he wanted to be good to you. Amen. So we talked about how it means that God wants us to be blessed. And so I taught you guys last week that the blessing and favor, they are divine, they're like power twins. 
The blessing and favor, they're power twins. So the blessing means that you are empowered to prosper. God has given everybody in this room something that will prosper if you put your hand to it. God has given every person in this room something that will prosper if you put your hand to it. Let's go for a third time. God has given every person, every person in this room something that will prosper if you put your hand to it. Now, you or some of you are over here and you stressed out, and we see the same incident in the Bible. There was a man, he had five talents. There was a man with three talents. There was a man with one talent. And the man with one talent, he buried his talent, and then he was jealous because the people with the three talents and the five talents multiplied their talents. But if he had used his one talent, his one talent would have become two talents. So don't be concerned about the fact that you just got one talent, one gift, one empowerment. Just use it. Just use it. Don't be concerned because sister so-and-so got seven. That's not your business. Just manage your one. Just manage your one. And God will bless. Lift your hands up. Lift your hands up. Look at these hands. Say these hands. No, no, look at your own hands, not mine. Okay. Say these hands are empowered to prosper. You need to be saying that to your kids. Our kids don't have to live life the same way we lived. Our ki- no, no, I don't, I mean even those of us who think we had a pretty good life. Our kids don't have to be 16 and go get a job. At 16, they can be creating jobs. Our kids don't have to take out student loans. Our kids don't have to do all of that. Their, God will prosper their hands if we encourage the gift in them. But if we live limited, we'll never encourage the gift in our kids. When they come and they say, oh, I want to be a dancer, or oh, I want to be a baker, or oh, I want to sew, you'd be like, you can't do that. You can't make no money off that. Some of you work jobs right now because that's what somebody told you growing up. Because somebody told you that you could not make a living doing the thing that God had created you to do. Look around the world. There are people prospering doing everything. I just cook. Have you know? Most of us go pay somebody to cook for us after church today. We go pay somebody. The Strickland's go pay somebody. We go pay somebody. And here's what's crazy about some of you. Here's how talented you are because I want to expose the lies you're telling yourself. You go out to eat and you talk about how they food not as good as your food. And you're telling the truth because your cake really is better than Rick's bakery. The difference is, is that Rick had the courage to step out there and let somebody buy his stuff and you keep talking about how your stuff ain't good enough. Some of you can decorate, you can make anything beautiful. That's what you do. It's people who get paid to decorate. Why don't I get paid to decorate? Because you don't believe it's for you. There are people you're anointed to teach. You need to go to the classroom and get some of them teachers out that don't want to be there. They're not anointed, they don't want to be there. Please go get their spots. Go get their spots. Release them so they can go be who God called them to be. Right. Like, you would never want me to be in the classroom with your kids all day. People are like, Pastor Sean, why don't you homeschool? Because I want to like my kids. That's why I'm homeschool. I wanna, unless, un, unless we live in a place where they shoot when they go to school, my kids going to school. 
the shooting every day. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to get you to understand that God will prosper what's in your hands if you will use it. And you're working at jobs. Some of you working at jobs and you're called to be in corporate America, but you playing small in corporate America. You're not going after the next thing. The Bible says when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. God is looking for somebody who is a believer that he can raise to the next position. Why? Because when you're in the next position and a lady walks in and she at the end of her rope and she's been applying for jobs and she can't get through, God can hear you. You can hear God say, I need you to give her that job. But if you a cashier, you can't hire nobody. So God wants you to prosper. God wants you to prosper. Say, God wants me to prosper. God wants us to be the head and not the tail. Listen, being the head and not the tail is not about status. It's about being in the best position to serve. Being the head and not the tail is not about status. It's not about being able to say, ooh, look at me. It's about what this position allows me to be able to do that I couldn't do if I was somewhere else. So we want to be the head. But see, even some of you, you feeling some kind of way on the inside about being wanting to be the head. Well, what's the other option? The middle of the tail? Who grows up talking about when I grow up, I just want to be mediocre? I just want to be average. Or no, worse, I just, when I grow up, well, you want to be little Johnny? I want to be a loser. I want to struggle all the days of my life. So you understand that those containment things that you've taken on, somebody else gave you those. Because if you ask any little kid in here, every little kid in here got a big dream unless you've killed their dream. Every little kid in here got a big dream. You talk to every one of these kids and they don't want, they want to do something amazing. You need to wake up the dreamer in you so you can do something amazing. Amen. Now let's go on. Let's see. What, where, where was the last scripture we looked at? Romans 8 and 32, right? He's given us all things. Say, thank you, Lord, for giving me all things. All right, let's speed it up a little bit. Let's go to Proverbs 10 and 22. Proverbs 10 and 22. Because I want to show you that this is in the word that God wants you to live a blessed life. I love Proverbs 22, 10 and 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord. So this empowerment to prosper that God has put on your life, it does what? Well, let's all look so we can see. Because I don't want some of the class to be ahead of the other class. The blessing of the Lord does what? It does what? And does what? So God wants to empower you to prosper. He wants that prosperity on your life to cause you to live abundantly, and then he doesn't want any sorrow to come with it. That means you don't have to be afraid about getting increase in your life because you ain't got to get divorced just because you get more money. And your kids ain't got to go to hell in a handbasket because you get more money, because you rich. That ain't, that's not how this thing is supposed to work. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it will make you rich. It will abundantly supply you, and it, he won't add any sorrow with it. Amen. Sometimes we can't increase because of our thinking about increase. We believe that the more we increase, the more, we, the more problems we have. But understand this. I think one of the rappers said, more money, more problems. See, if you believe that, you got problems. Listen, here, here's the thing. At every level of life, you got problems. 
You can have broke people problems or rich people problems. I don't know about you. But if I got to have a problem, people say money don't solve everything. Well, I would rather be sad. If I got to be sad, I'd rather be sad on the beach in Jamaica than in a hotel in Fort Ice. That's a motel. We ain't got no hotels. We got motels where I grew up. Because at least the ocean will remind me of God's majesty and stir some joy in me. But that motel and them people walk about on the outside, it just make me sadder. Right? <laughs> Listen, I'm making you laugh, but are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even if you think about in your own life, yes, you, you, you have had some struggles that have built some character. But if you're honest, wouldn't you like for your kids, for your ceiling to be their floor? We, that, that's what every good parent wants. God didn't send Jesus to the cross for you to live bare minimum and basic. I say to my kids all the time, man, we ain't working hard like this for you to live beneath. We expect you to do everything we did faster than we did it because you ain't starting from scratch because you have an advantage. That is what the blessing does. It gives you an advantage. It gives you an advantage. Now, if you have the blessing, we talked about this last week, why do you need favor? This is important. Why do you need favor? The blessing is the empowerment to prosper. Favor is the access to use your empowerment. Very simple. You're talented. You can play an instrument, right? You want to be in a band. You need somebody to pick you. You're an accountant. You need somebody to hire you. You need clients to come to you. So basically what favor does is that it raises up people to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. Favor is the thing that makes people choose your business. Favor is the thing that makes people come to you to pick you. Faith, and you can always tell when you're messing around in favor. Because when you're messing around in favor, people say stuff like this. They say, I'm not really sure why I'm doing this. That's when you need to say, that's the favor of God. That's the favor of God. Say, Lord, I thank you that right now you are raising up people to do for me what I can't do for myself. But wait a minute, do you know that there is actually a biblical way to get favor operating in your life? It's called favor somebody else. So when you need favor in your life, you should look to see who you can favor. You're a small business owner, you need increase, go find you some small business owners and be a blessing to them. Don't be trying to nickel and dime them down. Because you reap what you sow. Set yourself up. You're believing God for promotion. Help somebody accomplish their goal. The Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's not just money. That's not just being nice. That is everything. So you want to keep favor flowing in your life. Be a person that shows favor. Amen? Say, I am favored and I show favor. Let's go to Psalms 37 and 10. Psalms 37 and 10. Are you guys getting something out of this? 
I hope you'll look at these scriptures. You need to begin to tell your kids, listen, um, we have our kids that are doing different things that they're doing. Chase has football practice in the morning from 7 to 9. I take him in the morning so I can make sure we make our confession. Because when you're believing God for something, you can't just hope your talent is enough. Tell your neighbor, say, talent is good, but it's not enough. Say there's something better than talent. It's called favor. So God will raise up people to help you. So when we're on our way to football in the morning, we're making confessions. Father, I thank you that every, every practice I'm getting faster and stronger. Father, I thank you that you have the coach looking at me at the moments that I am successful, not the other moments. I thank you that you're giving me favor with my teammates and my name keeps coming up. He's setting up his future with favor. When the last time you confessed about favor at your job? You just say, those people are so difficult. They don't listen to my ideas. But people who believe in favor say stuff like this. Father, I thank you that when I walk into this meeting that you're going to start working on the hearts of the people that I need to do what I need them to do. I thank you that this is a good idea because you gave it to me. And so we're about to make this thing do what it do. Come on, Lord. We're, and then we're going to make it do what it do. Because we believe in the favor of God. Hold on. Because as people of God, we would never enter into a deal that just benefits us. So it's, see, the reason that we can believe God to help us is because we would never enter into a deal that just benefits us. So when I go into a room, I expect people to listen to me. I assume that people want to help me because my intentions are be to be a blessing to everybody I encounter with. I'm not moved by no. Ask Pastor Elwin. I don't care nothing about no, no. I, oh, I don't care nothing about no. The Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen. Once God tells me yes, I'm getting my yes. I'm getting my yes. Because what I understand is that your no today is no forever. And if you say no long enough, God will move you to give me my yes. Y'all don't believe. Y'all don't really believe yet. Because <laughs> see, see, then you start talking to some stuff differently when you really believe that. You be like, oh, yes, there is a promotion with my name on it. See, sometimes you're angry with people because you're like, they're not even as smart as I am. How did they get promoted? Maybe they walking in their favor. Maybe they believe in God for open doors. You just relying on your skill. But they're believing God for open doors. They're believing God to do for them what they can't do for themselves. Amen. Let's go to Psalms 37 and 10. We're almost done. I'm going to give you five steps this morning. Psalms 37 and 10. Well, that would be wrong. Hmm. Well, that is not my scripture. Hold on. It is still true, but it is not the scripture I'm going for today. Yes, it is true. <laughs> I appreciate that help, Pastor Psalms 37 and 23. I just wanted to say while they're going to, uh, you know, earlier when you were making confessions, well, y'all, who was in here when Pastor Edwin was making confessions? Did you hear him make that confession about how when somebody keeps talking to you, it's because they love you? I, did. I just want you to remember that when I'm talking to you. <laughs> I, I, I want you to remember that. <laughs> I just want you to remember. 
that when I keep talking to you, it's because I love you. You should be concerned if I stop talking. All right, Psalms 37, 20. Wives, your husband, that, that, if your husband made that confession, he set you up. You just like, the next time he like, you just keep on talking. You say, that's because I love you. I'm talking to you because I love you. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and delighteth in his way. The steps of a good man, we've already determined that we don't make ourselves good. Who made us good? So who's ordering our steps? He has ordered our steps. Let's go to Psalms, um, I mean to Isaiah 48 and 17. Psalms, I mean, Isaiah 48 and 17. Are you learning anything? Yes. Are you going to apply anything? That's why we're putting those confessions out there. You ought to be making your favorite confession every day, multiple times a day. And you got to learn how to recognize when favor is working on your behalf. You got to learn how to right there just be like, that's the favor of God. Amen. And it's so funny because you'll be declaring the favor of God and the people who are giving you favor, they won't even know what you're talking about, but they'll still do it. Psalms 40, I mean Isaiah 40 and 17, it says, Thus said the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, who, which does what? He teaches me what? How to do what? Now let me ask you something. If, it, if profiting was a sin, why would God teach you how to do it? So God wants to teach. Say, God, I'm ready. Teach me. You got to become teachable. He says he wants to show you in the way that you should go. He says he wants to teach you how to profit, and he wants to show you which way to go. Sometimes when we're trying to make decisions, we ask everybody but God what was the right decision. And then we ask people that we know don't even hear from God. Like you trying to say your marriage talking to somebody who don't even like marriage. Like, he says he wants to teach you how to profit. God will teach you how to be a good parent. God will teach you how to be successful with difficult people on your job. God will teach you how to solve problems that you have never seen before on your job. He will teach you how to do it. So don't get angry because you feel like they're not helping you. You got God. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Psalms 40. I want you to see how many times this is in the Bible, how God wants you to prosper. Say, the favor of God, favor of God is on my life, and it empowers me to prosper. Say, the, fa the, fa um, the blessing of God is setting me up for success. My steps are ordered by the Lord, and I'm in the right place at the right time, sensitive to my environment. Say the opportunities with my name on them. Find me and bring increase to my life without any sorrow. Thank you, Lord. How much better would your life be if you expected favor? It says, but I know that you favor me because my enemy doesn't trump over me, triumph over me. I love this scripture right here because the Bible says that weapons are going to prosper. They're going to form, but they're not going to prosper. So it says, here's how I can see the favor of God. You can see the favor of God every time you know something should have took you out, but you're still here. How many of you can see the favor of God in your life? There's some things that should have took you out, but you still here, right here. Say, that's the favor of God. It's the favor of God helping you when something should have took you completely out of the game, but somehow you still in the game. 
Amen. Amen. Let's look at Psalms 112. Psalms 112. Verses 1 through 3. Psalms 112, verses 1 through 3. Then we're going to go to Psalms 115. Then I'm going to tell you how to walk in favor. How many of you committed to walk in favor? How many of you want to live the absolute best life that God has for you? Listen, money is not the most important thing, but it impacts everything that is important. In Ecclesiastes, the Bible says money answereth all things. Money determines whether you can help your kids with their dreams. Money determines whether you can live your dream. Money determines whether you can be a blessing to somebody else or not. I was reading something the other day, and I was thinking about our church, and you know we're working on pretty soon we're going to launch a project to begin to raise money for a facility, right? But I was thinking about this because we live in northwest Arkansas, and things cost so much money up here comparatively, right? Not the most money. We're not in San Francisco or New York. But the, I was reading something the other day. Do you know that in countries where they don't have schools, that we could build a school for $13,000? A whole school and pay the teacher for a year for $13,000. Do you don't think that God wants us to increase so we could be building a school a month? But you see, in kingdom increase-minded people always want to receive everything that God has for them so they can distribute. So they can distribute. So yes, I want to be able to take my kids on a nice vacation. And yes, I want to be able to live in a nice house. But I also want to be able to build schools. And I want to take my family out to nice dinners. But I also want to help people who have food insecurity. Kingdom-minded people aren't looking at either or. Kingdom-minded people are looking at it all. How can we do it all? And see, some of you have been so conditioned with either or that this is stretching you right now because God wants to take you out of a place of either or to giving you this exceeding abundantly above. How can we do it all? How can we not only leave our kids better in fellowship of champions better, but how can we live kids in other countries that we'll never meet till we get to heaven better? But you can't do that without a favor and a blessing mentality on your life. Amen? Psalms 112, son. 112. Say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. and I'm favored. I'm favored. Two more scriptures, then we'll do the step. It says, praise ye the Lord. It says empower. Now it's telling you because the Bible says that you are empowered, but then the Bible tells you how what empowered people do. And an empowered man is a man that does what? He honors and reverences the Lord, and he delights greatly in his commandments. So if you want to live a blessed life, you got to put God's word first in your life. And if you want to live a blessed life, you can't be talking about you nothing when God has said that you're something. You can't be saying you can't do it when God has already said that you can do all things. You've got to fear the Lord enough, reverence the Lord enough to trust what he's saying. Amen? It says, this man that is, fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth, and the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Say, that's me. That's me. 
So literally it says that when we reverence the Lord and when we fear him, there's a blessing that comes on us that makes our seed be mighty in the earth. That's not just our kids, but praise God, it is our kids. But it literally means that everything that we sow into the earth will be mighty in the earth. It goes back to these hands are anointed to prosper because we have chosen to reverence the Lord. Say, when I choose to reverence the Lord, he causes me to be mighty in the things that I do. Amen. So he says he can take a mustard seed and make it something amazing. He can take the little bitty thing that seemed like nothing and make it something amazing. He can take a $5 idea and make it a multi-million dollar corporation. Because he will bless what's in your hand when you reverence him. And then he says what? He says, and wealth and riches shall be in his house and his righteousness endureth forever. It means that when I choose to reverence the Lord, not only will God increase me financially, but long after I'm gone, my kids will still be serving the Lord. My grandkids, my great-grandkids, my great-great-grandkids. Because I'm setting up an inheritance that I'm not just going after money. I'm going after the kingdom. I'm going after God and I'm setting my family up to win. See what you need to understand is that everywhere you are today somebody in your family paved the way. They either gave you an inheritance of blessing or an inheritance of cursing. But wherever you are today you are that way because somebody in your family got you to this level no matter how low you think the level is or no matter how high you think the level is. So what you and I need to realize is that when we're living today in 2015 we're not just living for ourselves we're living for great grandkids that we may never even see. You want your kids to be able to look at the family portrait and say we sure do appreciate our great grandparents Tina and Sparky because They did it right, and they set us up to win. That's what you want your great-grandkids to say. You want to say because. You want to be the one to say because we chose to walk in the way of the Lord. Divorce does not happen in the Strickland bloodline. Because we chose to step out on that business idea, our kids will never have to take out loans to go to school. Because we chose to be wise in our money, we were able to help our kids put a down payment on their house. How many of you would have been so blessed if your parents could have said, you know what, here's $100,000 for your first house. Or here's your first house. How many of you, your life would have been different if your parents had been able to send you to college and you didn't have to work? Amen. That's her testimony. Now she has a whole new expectation of what should happen in their family. God wants to expand you so you can expand your family. God wants you to give you new experiences so you can reset what's normal. And our normal ought to be ever increasing. Psalms 112, I mean 115. Verse 12. Are you learning something? God wants to set us up. This isn't just about the accumulation of stuff. But don't get it twisted. Stuff is a difference maker. Do you know why we meet in this hotel? You smart. We meet in this hotel because it matches the money. 
So money does matter. Our kids run up and down the hall for children's church because it matches the money. When we go to Double Tree, we got an increase in the money, right? And the kids get a room and a lesson and a coloring sheet. But if you want a hotel or a place that's got a room for kids based on their age, increase. But you can't increase your offering if there is an increase in your life. Amen. Psalms 112. The Lord has been mindful of us. Somebody praise the Lord for that. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. Keep going. Verse 13. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. So it says it doesn't matter that you're small today. If you start referencing the Lord, you won't stay small. If you start putting God in first place in your life, you can't stay small. Hear me. There is no way you can honor God and not be blessed. There is no way you can do God things God's way and not be blessed. Unless you're doing things God's way and you have no expectation to be blessed. And then you will cut off the very blessing that God is trying to pour in your life. Next verse. It says, the Lord will do what? Increase you more and more. You and who? So God wants to increase my wisdom so my kids don't make the same mistakes I made. Amen? Are there not some mistakes you just wish you could have skipped? Don't you want your kids to skip some of that stuff? Yes. So we want God to increase us so we can get some skipping going on. We want our kids to skip over some experiences. Sometimes the testimony is not what God brought you out of. It's what you never were in. I'm going to say that again. The testimony is not that God brought you out. It's that you were never in. That's why we teach our marriage like we do. He used to be so crazy, guys. Man. And so, like, I just was having to seek the Lord for him. <laughs> tell my story. Because you know when he preach, he tell this story like he want to, Right? But we have this experience of all this struggle that we had in our second through fifth year of marriage. The reason we're so transparent with you is so that that's never your testimony. Second, third, second, third, four, three years. <laughs> no, I just skipped a number. I'm sorry. So we do, we share our testimony so that you don't make the mistakes that we made. Let me help you. Those of you who dating and you want to be in love, the best thing you could do is bring those people around people who got happy marriages. Don't be over there dating for six months, all caught up in the matrix, got pictures on Facebook you won't let us see. And then now you crying because you like, he don't even work. He got two felonies. Well, we could have skipped all that if you'd have let us ask the right questions in the beginning with. <laughs> right, and he got a wife. <laughs> Understand that when God puts people in your life, those people want to see you set up for success. There are people in here right now who have, let, let me say, if you work in corporate America, stand up. You work in corporate America, stand up. 
So there are people in here who work in corporate America. There are people in here you want to get in corporate America, or maybe you want to increase in corporate America. When you talk to them, have real conversations. When you talk to them, have real conversations. What, do, what, here's my situation. Do you know or do you know someone who can position me to get out of this situation? What book do I need to read? What article do I need to read? What training do I need to attend? Let's have a seat. Everybody in here, you married, stand up. Everybody in here, you want to be married, raise your hand. You want to be married, raise your hand. You know what you could do? You could learn from these people who married. You can learn from these people who are married. If a married woman say to you, hey, it's not a good idea to harass your husband, she probably got some experience. If a husband say, hey, listen, man, I don't care if she say don't get her a gift, get her a gift, he probably got some experience. Listen, uh, you don't have to have your own experience. Have a seat. You can let somebody else's experience be your experience. Amen? All right. Here are the five things you need to do if you want to walk in favor. If you want to walk in favor, number one, you need to learn to live by faith. Favor and blessing are received by faith. Are y'all going to type that on the screen? They, they knew. They teenagers. They knew. But when we make points, we type them on the screen so the people can write them down. We do. I'm not going to talk about how that means that you haven't been watching. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that. So we have to learn to live by faith. Say blessing and favor are received by faith. It means you just believe it's yours. In fact, what I'll tell you is this, is that, one, that you need to learn to follow the favor. You need to learn to follow the favor. Sometimes if you just want to know where you're supposed to be, pay attention to the favor. Because when you get into a place that you're supposed to be in, you don't have to struggle. People do things for you that you ain't even asked them to do. They favor you, they give you, that you, you need to learn to follow the favor. You ain't got to kick every door down. Some door's not yours. Learn how to follow the favor. Amen. Number two, you have to believe that you are what God says you are. I want to give you a practical example of that. Let's say you believe that you're supposed to be in executive leadership in corporate America, right? You have to begin to call yourself that even though you're not there yet. God had Abraham to call himself the father of many nations when he was still impotent. You have to call those things that be not now. Why? Because if you see yourself as somebody who's supposed to be in executive leadership, you will act differently in middle management. See, whatever you, you're always going to rise to the whatever you see about yourself. So if you believe that you are supposed to be in senior leadership, you can't keep acting like an hourly employee. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What's the mindset of an hourly employee? Anybody ever been an hourly employee? Here's what happened. I clock in at the time you tell me to clock in. 
and when it, you can always tell, go to Walmart when it's time for the hour lease to change. They're like, ma'am, I can't check you out. It's time for me to go. I'm on, uh, it's time for me to go. Like, hey, John, can you check out? They turn the light off. They could have done checked you out in all the time that they tell you, but they like, it's my lunch time. You cannot go to senior leadership acting like an hourly employee. You cannot go to senior leadership unwilling to take on some extra work. They got me doing extra. Uh-huh, that's what leaders do, extra. You say you believe to be an entrepreneur, you call to be an entrepreneur. You can be an entrepreneur in your corporate job. You can act like the business is yours and that you're responsible for it. Amen. You have to position yourself and say about yourself where you want to go. If you say about your company, oh, this just a little company don't make any money, that's, that's the way you always go respond to decisions. It's the same thing for your marriage. We just barely making it. We just get along sometime. You're going to spend 20 years just barely getting along sometime. We like, man, we, our marriage get better and better every day. Our marriage gets better and better every day. That's our expectation. So when you believe that your marriage should get better and better every day, you don't allow stuff to fester. Because you believe you're supposed to have a good marriage. You know that you We don't believe we're supposed to have, you know, some good days and some bad days. We like, we did all our bad days early. We done with bad days. We done with, we, we done with bad days. So you got to believe that you are what God said you are. Number three, you must allow the word to overtake your mind. If God says you're successful, say that you're successful. God says you're blessed, say that you're blessed. This works for our kids too. When our kids say that they have dreams and stuff, you need to help them get a little confession and speak into their dreams. Your kids want to be on the honor roll. Don't just be pressuring them to make good grades. Make confessions. I thank you that we are honor roll students. I thank you that school is easy for us. I thank you that our teachers are anointed to teach us. Confess and we are anointed to learn. I thank you that I'm on the fast track in my job. I know how long it takes everybody else. They don't have nothing to do with me. In fact, we had a young lady who used to go to our church. Her name is Nana Williams, and she came and she went to work at Procter & Gamble. And at Procter & Gamble, they told her that she had to work in each position a year before she could be promoted. And she began to confess the favor of God, and she got three promotions in a year. Know why? Because she refused to be limited by what somebody else said beside God. But if you don't get in the words, you don't even notice they're saying what they're saying isn't from, from God. You must allow the word to overtake your mind. Again, we're not asking you to memorize 600 scriptures. We are asking you to find one or two that mean something to you and begin to live your life by those and begin to live them out. So if I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that needs to be my mindset when my boss gives me a difficult task or when I have to work with difficult people or when I'm challenged with my kids or when I'm trying to get in shape. I have to believe I can do all things and I got to say that about myself. Number four, use your word to agree with God. Use your words to agree with God. I'll never forget, um, Edwin was the first African-American administrator ever hired in Springdale. And when they hired him, they told us that year that there wouldn't be a bonus. And every day, we would just be like, it's going to be a bonus this year. And you know what happened in December? They got a bonus. Everybody got a bonus because we wouldn't let go of our faith. They say they found some money. You know all the people who got their bonus didn't care where they got their money from? 
So you got to make sure that when you're speaking, you're not just speaking for the benefit of you. If they say it's not going to be any raises this year, you need to be declaring, no, it's going to be raises because people need increase in their life. I'm going to get a raise and they're going to get a raise. Amen? The Bible says that that's how Joseph was, that Joseph caused Potiphar's house to prosper in such a way that Potiphar didn't want to let him go. You, uh, if, do your job care if you leave? Have you made yourself indispensable in the workplace that they, that they know the, that they are blessed because of you? Do you even believe that they are blessed because of you? Think, ooh, y'all think about that. We'll talk about it next week. Use your words to agree with God. Number five, take faith-filled action. Take faith-filled action. Go ahead and apply for the promotion. Apply. You know they don't execute you for applying. Apply. Go ahead and just apply for the promotion. Go ahead today and just go to the open house. Just go to the open house. Can you just go and walk through the house? Just, just walk through it. Sometimes you think that you can't afford something and you don't even know what God is going to do because you don't know how motivated they are to sell. I'm trying to help you. Your kids got certain dreams and talents. Don't tell them they can't do it. And don't tell them you can't afford it. Here is a lesson for parents. Do not tell your kids you can't afford something. You say, how can we afford this? Because how can we afford this gets creative juices flowing. And let me tell you something. Those of you who have kids that want to do something and they don't necessarily seem talented at it now, that, that is not a long-term result. We tell this all the time about Taylor, our oldest daughter who plays college basketball. When she first started talking about basketball, we was like, girl, that is not you. You have missed God. Try again. <laughs> you are not no basketball player. We try to get to play softball, bowling. We like you. But we were like, if she wants to play, we need to position her to succeed. That girl ended up becoming an all-time leading scorer at Rogers High School. We threw all our weight behind supporting her. Next thing, don't try to make your kids be who you think they should be. Or who you want it to be. You want to be a cheerleader, so you trying to make little Sally be a cheerleader. You out there hollering at her, trying to get her there. She don't want to be a cheerleader. She want to play basketball. Don't try to make your kids be who you want them to be. Ask God who they are and shoot them in that direction. Amen? Because some of you, the, the research tells us that 80% of people hate their jobs. And I submit to you that 80% of people hate their jobs because somebody pushed them in a direction that wasn't their gifting. I'm, okay. Amen. Amen. Some of you hate your jobs <laughs> because somebody pushed you in a direction that wasn't your gifting. Talk to your kids about their dreams. If your kids say to you, I'm trying to help these kids out. If your kids say to you, I want to be an astronaut, a concert pianist, and a CEO, don't say to them, you can't do all of that. Most people change careers three times. They could do all of that. And some of you need to start listening to the dream in your heart and stop telling yourself why you can't do it. Amen? Come on, let's make our confession. 
The blessing of the Lord is on my life. And it empowers me to prosper. The favor of God on my life produces opportunities for my success. My steps are ordered by the Lord. And I am in the right places at the right times, sensitive to my environment. Say the opportunities with my name on them find me. And I courageously pursue everything that God has for me. Say increase is on my life. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.